All right, welcome to episode three of Geek, so to speak, the podcast that celebrates your inner geek because we know you've got one buried deep where you don't want to talk about. He's there, she's there, it's there. So today I have a very, very special guest. My dear friend Daryl is with me. Say hi, Daryl. Geek? I thought you said chic. I think I'm on the wrong podcast. Uh-oh. Chic, so to speak. Yeah, that's in the next car over. <laughs> As usual, we are here in the Kia Optima uh, in the parking lot this time of the AMC Esplanade over at uh, the Biltmore. The beautiful Esplanade. Oh, yes. And we are about to go in and check out Valerian and the yes. city of a thousand planets. Can't wait. I'm so excited for this movie. Oh, my gosh. Um, now, have you been following sort of the hype, the buildup of this movie, and maybe following the previous films that Luke Besson has uh, has brought to us? I have. I Just looking at the trailer of this, it looks, it looks amazingly uh, uh, stunning. And to find that it's from the director of The Fifth Element, uh-huh. which is such a great film. <laughs> I love The Fifth Element. It's actually one of my top three like most favorite movies. It is so good, and I've been re-watching that and just, just loving it more and more with each viewing. <laughs> I just picked it up on 4K Remastered, and uh, we got a 4K TV. Oh, my gosh. It's so the colors. The colors. Oh. I love it. Oh, my gosh. So many great characters. So many great performances. Gary Oldman is unreal in that. Yes. And uh, Bruce Willis is so enjoyable in that, too. He he's is. Like, he's like the protagonist that like you just really want to have as your best friend. You want to have him over for a beer. You want to be like his good friend. He calls you and he just like talks it up, you know? Absolutely. But you don't want him to be your Uber driver. No. <laughs> <laughs> Zero points on that license. <laughs> so Valerian's kind of a cool concept because... It's based on a French comic, and uh, in France, they refer to comic books slightly differently. They call them bon dessinée. Did I say that right? Uh, perfect. Okay. Perfect. Your French is impeccable. Maybe I need to add a little bit like a, from a French <laughs> accent. Bon dessinée. And like a little like pop at the end. Yeah, so this excites me, being a cartoonist. Uh, yeah. To look at the, the original the comics that were started in 1967. That's so crazy. Uh, yeah. Just tremendous. So, tremendous yeah, work. Uh, Valerian was created by two guys, uh, Jean-Claude Mezières. 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 And mm-hmm. Pierre Christen, however you pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Probably butchered that. But, uh, I mean, we're talking a publication that spans over four decades. Yes. Incredible. Incredible. And comic books in France, they're looked at in a far different way than the U.S. It's not taboo. It's not like you're a nerd or you're a geek if you read this. It's actually, this is mainstream. This is culture. This yes. Is, yeah, it's so just part of daily life. I grew up reading the Tintin comics oh, okay, yeah. uh, by Hergé. I wish I'd been aware of the Valerian because it's just... Uh... Just catching up on these has been has been amazing. Yeah, we both managed to pick up the Volume 1 full collection, and it really excellent. There's about four or five different uh, story arcs within it, different uh, series issues, and I'm not sure what this movie we're about to see, if we're going to see bits and pieces of these different vignettes displayed, mm-hmm. or if it's an entirely original story. I'm not sure, and I kind of like that I don't know going into it. I don't want to be spoiled, you know, like so. yes, yes. Uh, as I was, I think the the city of a thousand planets is later one of the later adventures. But we've got to develop these characters. We've got to meet the characters themselves and find out who they are. Right, characters of Valerian. So Valerian and Loreline, Loreline, 
Loreline probably uh, are uh, they're both spatio-temporal agents uh, that work for the government of Galax City, and the goal is that they are there to police and protect the future timeline. That they, from anyone who would try to manipulate it for their own personal gain. This um, this concept just sort of reminds me of the movie Time Cop. Did you ever see Time Cop? No, I missed it. Okay, that one. so Time Cop, <laughs> terrible movie, terrible <laughs> movie. But there's a few things that Time Cop and Valerian mm-hmm. have in common. One, they both involve time travel. Two, they both involve somebody named Jean Claude. Oh, <laughs> except that the Time Cop involved Jean Claude Van Damme, and thus the movie was horrible. Uh-huh. Yes, that's, that's but still enjoyable nonetheless. So uh, with that in mind, the coolest thing about Valerian is that when you're reading it, you kind of feel like you're time traveling as well because you're sort of getting into the mindset of Luc Besson because he was 10 years old reading these books and being influenced and inspired by them. And you can't help but see the similarities in Fifth Element and knowing that Jean-Claude Mezier was on staff for Fifth Element helping out. Like, that's so crazy. That's unreal. That's like meeting your childhood hero. Meeting a childhood hero. And then having him help you. Turning that into uh, a reality in film. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Any other movies by uh, Luc Besson that that you've seen that you were really, like, enjoyed? I I watched Lucy previously. uh, Another fine visionary film uh, with uh, Scarlett Johansson as a woman who who gains full use of her brain. 100% uh, brain capacity. And, uh, yeah, oh, isn't Mar- Morgan Freeman in that movie too? Well, yes, he is. He's like, he's like, uh, she uses a hundred percent of her brain. <laughs> he is a professor who, t- yes, he, he he explains what. Uh, whereas the normal human uses ten percent, uh, dolphins use twenty percent. I, I felt like personal offense. I was like, so, Morgan, you don't know how much I use. <laughs> well, he he's being generous with me. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, once she gains uh, full control of her brain, oh, the things that she can do. Yeah, and it's ScarJo. I mean, she's she's uh, no stranger to physical uh, action-packed movies like mm-hmm. that. Um, I have to say, I didn't make it through Lucy only because I think I started it too late at night, and I didn't get and I didn't get a chance to see it all the way through. So I will watch that. But I did get a chance to watch Leon, known in the U.S. as The Professional. And that is an excellent movie. It's one of the first ones with Natalie Portman. Uh, Jean Reno plays, yeah, very young uh, Natalie Portman. And uh, Jean Reno plays a professional assassin who, through a random series of events, ends up sort of the guardian of this girl and um, protecting her. And, and actually, Gary Oldman is the villain in that movie, too. Is he? And you know what's so interesting? As I was watching uh, that one last night and Fifth Element again today, both movies, Gary Oldman, of course, being the villain of sorts, his reveal always happens with his back to the screen. Hmm. In both movies, the first time you see him, his back is to the screen. It's so weird. Interesting. Yeah. And he's such a great villain, too. He's such a great oh, actor. so good. So I love that. I'll have to check that one out. Now, it's kind of interesting about Fifth Element because of the inspiration that came from Valerian and came from all the years of reading those comics. The actual... The, the, uh, the taxis and police cars that were in the, the Fifth Element, heavily inspired and even designed specifically by Jean-Claude oh. uh, Mezier. So that's just so cool to me to, to see that and know that he had his, his fingers sort of with the canvas, with his paintbrush, making that possible. Fifth Element would not have happened had it not been for Leon. 
the uh, the professional was so commercially successful, both uh, overseas and domestic, that it mm -hmm. allowed the uh, the U.S. Um, film studios to see that Luc Besson was a director they could get behind and he could be successful. And so what they did, they saw that, and then they went ahead and started financing what needed to be done to get Fifth Element off of the pre-production uh, halt that it was on. Well, then hail Leon and hail <laughs> Luc Besson for incredible work. I also think that we're, we should be glad that that happened because previously Fifth Element was going to be called Zaltman Bleros. Oh, no. No. And that, that was, work for me. And that was Corbin Dallas's name at that time in the script. He was Zaltman Bleros. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> now, um, before we go into this movie, do you have any predictions? What do you think is, it's going to be like? It's, I just, it's going to be visually stunning. Uh, I, hope, I just can hope that the story will hold up. I don't know where we're going to go or what we're going to see, but I know it's going to look good. Excellent. This, uh, this particular movie is coming out 50 years since the inception of Valerian as a comic book. We are seeing it in its 50th anniversary. Oh, man. That so is exciting. That is super duper exciting. We're also seeing it in 3D. So yes. for a visual spectacle oh. of this film, we cannot wait to tell you what we think about it. We're about to head into the movie right now. So when you hear it from us next, we will have seen it. We will have been changed forever. So we're basically traveling in time ourselves. We sure are. That's a good way to look nice. at it. All right. Well, please st stick around. Definitely, we will be back with more on Valerian. Okay. We just got out of the movie. Valerian. <laughs> Valerian. It is uh, 1.43 a.m. Wow. We just got out of the movie. That was a long movie, right? It, uh, yes. Okay, so um, I have some thoughts, but I want to hear. I want to hear yours first, Daryl. What do you think? I would not recommend an interdimensional kind of a movie for this time of night <laughs> because I was like, "What's going on?" In some points, <laughs> and maybe I was. Semi-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> I did look over a couple of times, and I was like, "Oh, he, uh, I don't know. I don't think his eyes are even facing the screen. <laughs> his head was down." <laughs> oh no! I didn't know it was that obvious. But like the visuals that I saw were were very good. Tell me, what did I miss? <laughs> okay, so all right, so <laughs> here's my take. I actually really didn't like this movie overall i was i felt that it just all fell so flat like the visuals stunning absolutely stunning and i don't think anybody in any of the reviews that i've read and i'm not biased by them because i wanted to see this for myself but one thing that has been consistent is that it's a visually stunning masterpiece but the story itself it leaves a lot to be desired. The characters, especially Valerian. Uh-huh. He, first of all, maybe it's just me, but I don't think Dane DeHaan can play a leading man like that. Where he's this charming scoundrel of a, of a protagonist. You know, mm -hmm. that I just, he didn't sell it for me. Plus his lines oh. all fell flat. Especially there's this one line he says at the end where he's like, I would die for you. <laughs> And I wanted to laugh out loud because it was so embarrassing, the de line delivery. I didn't believe any word he said. He was not the right pick for that part. I agree. He's just, he seems awfully young. And when he says up front, I've got nine years on the service. And I'm like, 
did you start when you were 16? <laughs> so, yeah, a little young. And, you know, based on having read that first volume of Valerian Comics... Yes, when they're policing time. I didn't feel, first of all, they did any of that. None of that. They didn't do any policing time. We'd never find out anything about Laureline, which one of the most interesting reveals about Laureline when you first meet her is she's from the Middle Ages. Correct. <laughs> she, she gets picked up by Valerian, and they both end up becoming like partners together. And she's also a type of person that was sort of unseen in French comics of that time in the sense that she was a modern independent woman correct not a bimbo or you know just a scantily clad drawn female for the purposes of having that uh and, and i don't know that we like the amount of times we saw kara um in a bikini granted she looked awesome but that didn't really serve the, the character very well i agree it was a uh, kind of a slap in the face of the independence that they had created with this character of laura lane so I, I felt there, which is really strange because you would think, um, like, where did it go wrong? Luc Besson, someone who loves this comic book and has loved it since he was 10. And he's based on it being, I mean, he's, it's, he's like 60 years old now. Yes. For a love affair that long to not do it proper justice. Well, to be fair, I've, I have not read the whole series, so I don't know how it all involves, um, uh... But yeah, the the characters didn't it didn't seem true to uh, uh, what I've seen so far in the comic. Yeah, I oh, um, Clive Owen as this general who. Um, by the way, I should have probably prefaced this, but if you're listening to part two, that means that you don't care about being spoiled. Yeah. So just prepare for that. Uh, we're talking about the movie. If you've already heard too much, I say pause. Go check out the movie. Maybe check it out at an earlier uh, showtime. Yes. <laughs> Maybe catch a matinee. So you can, you know, stay awake for all of it, because I know I was nodding, too. There were some micro naps that happened for sure. I certainly time traveled from one moment <laughs> to another. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we're certainly going to talk about things. Clive Owen, ultimately the one sort of orchestrating this cover-up, just didn't have any substance. The other characters that were not Valerian and Laureline as far as them unraveling this mystery didn't care for them at all no uh having Rihanna in the movie seemed to only be for the sake of her star power mm -hmm. which is and she's probably got a song on the soundtrack I would not put it past her uh her character was cool but just ultimately didn't really she served a purpose she was a plot device more than anything else yes Ethan Hawke cameo appearance. What the heck was that? <laughs> <laughs> he was just out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, now, um, I read somewhere that Peter Jackson, of course, Lord of the Rings fame and everything else, has uh, he has gone on record saying that this movie, Valerian, is one of the best movies he's seen in years. And it's an unforgettable big screen experience. Do you think he, hmm. he kind of inflated that a little bit? Perhaps. I, uh, I'll have to check it out again and and then yeah i mean one thing about valerian's comic books is they came out obviously about 10 years before star wars mm -hmm. and were heavily influencing star wars Correct. in many of yes. the movies that followed uh some of the big things that happened were of course uh leia and her gold bikini in uh valerian and laureline laureline does wear gold bikini um almost uh 
gosh, what is it, uh, 11 years before it appears in Star Wars, um, Han Solo being frozen in carbonite. Frozen carbonite. Uh, that happens in Empire of a Thousand Planets, uh, uh, which is a story arc within Valerian. And then, of course, the aspect of Darth Vader's helmet and pulling it off and it being a scarred, burned face is very reminiscent of the uh, enlightened uh, characters uh, from the same uh, story arc of Empire of a Thousand Planets. So uh, it's hard to deny that Valerian has had an impact and an influence on everything that's followed. And because of that, I think that's why I'm completely let down because this movie almost doesn't pay any kind of tribute to the lore and and legacy that has been created through 50 years of this. Well, I think uh, Laureline did say at one point, I've got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> oh, did you... <laughs> There were some interesting moments like that. I think I even saw Jessica Rabbit at yes! one point. Did you see yes! that too? Okay. I thought... I thought maybe that was part, the point at which my eyes were going. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I just want to see a ginger right about now. <laughs> so, um, ultimately, in terms of whether or not we would say, go check this out, don't go check this out. Um, my personal opinion, I think this is a rental. This is uh, something you would want to stream on, say, uh, Netflix or whatever else. Uh, find it on Redbox. I... For yeah. the visual piece, certainly great to go to the theaters for that, but do not go expecting any substance because I think it's fairly devoid of that, which is really unfortunate. It's nice to be able to pause, watch it in segments. Yeah, yeah, and I think there maybe there's some nuances that just for our time of viewing, we didn't catch on, and maybe it does require some repeat viewings. But I will say that leaving the theaters after fifth element and leaving the theaters after this movie totally different um i knew fifth element was an amazing movie leaving that uh leaving the theater this one i'm mm -hmm. hesitant to say it was that great what i liked best well i mean there were really interesting alien uh species my favorites were i for lack of a better term uh yui dewey and louie <laughs> the three little yeah. characters who would have information that they would sell for a price uh i like them yeah, those those guys were pretty cool. And they, they would finish each other's sentences, which uh -huh. was really nice. I like that, too. <laughs> uh, the first instance, like, when you start to see the beginnings of this alpha station and you see, like, the, just the generations of of species coming and living at this space station, it's pretty cool because mm -hmm. uh, certainly those species are reflected throughout the movie. You get to see some of them again, uh, and uh, they're all so varied. So you can definitely see that yes. they just, like, smoked something big time. A lot of imagination. <laughs> and uh, and came up with some really unique character models uh, for that. And I think I would have liked to have seen more depth with what that, those, like, all we knew was that they looked different. We don't know anything about their cultures right. mm -hmm. uh, or anything about their customs or anything. All we know is that they learned, they were sort of assimilated into uh, alpha station by giving a handshake, a totally human gesture. Some were slimy, yeah. some were not. <laughs> so, uh, and which could be, I mean, maybe that's an allegory to just the nature in which uh, when we uh, encourage uh, communication, we're really just sort of telling them, this is how you need to act, this is how you need to be. So, well, it was, they were part of the human federation. Yeah. That. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, we are such a selfish <laughs> selfish race <laughs>
<laughs> so uh, thank you guys so much for for joining us for episode three. Thanks uh, for letting me be a part of your podcast. Absolutely, Daryl. Absolutely, Daryl is an amazing, amazing uh, uh, cartoonist artist. He has some just truly incredible doodles that uh, are available. You can see on social media. Certainly, he uh, is a very talented man, and cool. very lucky to have him uh, uh, to sort of represent a really unique visual piece. And he's extremely uh, knowledgeable when it comes to movies as well. So, thank you so much, Daryl. Thank you. And uh, guys, uh, tune in because episode four is also coming this weekend because this is a freaking power-packed weekend of things happening. we got Valerian just came out. We've got San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con going on right now, and there's so much footage. I have some friends at the event right Ooh. now, and we'll be interviewing them this weekend to hear what's going on and all the cool stuff. So please stay tuned for more. Like, subscribe, follow, geeksotospeak.com, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, we're there. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day.